Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I counted. Are there more on the way? Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all of the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. The Watcher. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our second podcast of Dr. Morningstar's Unsolved Murders and the Occult, Episode 2, The Violet Winds of Westfield. Tonight, we investigate two strange occurrences in the small New Jersey town of Westfield, New Jersey. Really? Uh, One still (laughs) remains a mystery, and what is one of the most horrific crimes that has has ever happened in American history? Uh, We believe in all our cases. We believe all our cases are intertwined. And our last two cases have taken place within 30, a 30-mile 30 radius. Um, our goal here at Dr. Morningstar is to shed light on unsolved murders. And we will also be investigating the occult, aliens, conspiracy, urban legends. Like that teacher that got his dick caught in a vacuum cleaner. Yes. <laughs> we will find out the answer to that. The peanut butter girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the girl that had sex with the hot dog pack. Yep. Yep. Yes. yep. Frozen will, hot dog. Peanut yep. butter babysitter. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, Cassie Finley, Hello. The producer of the show, and our good friend Lily, which you can see in the corner down there. Yes, our Lily's haunted here. doll Lily is here. Yes. Uh, so, folks, we're going to get right into this. We don't waste any fucking time here. Our first chapter is called The Embodiment of the American Nightmare. So chapter one, embodiment of the American Nightmare. What's wrong? Nothing. I was making sure everything was okay. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, this is a very, very creepy, creepy, creepy thing that happened. Uh, scary, vicious, horrible, um, nightmarish. I can't believe this is real. But on November 9, 1971, John List shot his wife, his mother, and his three children. And then he made a sandwich and ate it in the kitchen while the bodies were still there. So weird. Um, and this was just nine months before the murder of Jeanette Palma, which was her last case. 
Yeah. Very strange. Um, John List appeared to be a, a perfect normal guy. He wore glasses. Except he uh, was an accountant. Which, husband was I mean, an accountant, big nerd. Uh, he lived in this huge New Jersey mansion uh, that he inhabited with his, obviously, his wife and three kids and, mm-hmm. his, and his mother. Had 19 rooms this fucking house. It's like, wow. Like, wow. like Robin Lee should have been involved in this shit. Robin Lee. Um, it had a ballroom, marble fire, fireplaces, and a Tiffany skylight. Damn. What is a Tiffany skylight? What is that? Tiffany is like the Tiffany, you know, like the ring, like the, the people buy the jewelry. Oh, so same shit. They make yeah. skylights too? They made lamps wow. and all sorts of shit. Rings yeah, and fancy, fancy 1920s bullshit. So anything that revolves in gla- glass and lights, Crystal. they, they kind of yeah. like that shit. Okay, yeah. job, Tiffany. Is that the same person that's saying, I think we're alone now in the malls? No, the Not the same Tiffany. person. Okay. Nope. He was in Playboy, by the way, if you want to look that up. I know, I heard Um Listen, his family were the embodiment of the American dream. They were in 1965. They attended church every Sunday. Uh, devout Lutherans. I don't know what Luther, what are Lutherans. What do they believe in? They believe in Martin Luther. <laughs> is that what it not is? Not Martin okay. Luther King. The civil rights. Martin, no, Jesus? no, no, different. All right. Martin Luther. He was a. I don't know. He was a philosopher kind of uh, guy. He wasn't. He wasn't. It's. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. If Brent was here, he could tell us, <laughs> but he's not. All right. So Martin Luther, um, and Listy even taught Sunday school. Um, Everything looked great on the surface with this guy, but it wasn't as it seemed. So in 1971, John List lost his job at the bank at age 46, which is uh, crazy. But um, wait, catalyst. He catalyst. lost his job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what started it because he had this vision of a perfect life. So uh, subsequent, subsequent jobs didn't pan out. He couldn't bear to tell his family about the loss of income. That's weird because, like, I guess okay. It was pride. So he buried shit, right? Yes. Like, see, I up. get that though. Like, if you're like, if you mess up, you don't want people to know. Like, you're like not, you know, especially if you live in a mansion and shit like that. Yeah, because you, you you've shown everybody that you're the successful. Yeah. So if you mess up, father, if you mess right. up, then you don't want people to know. So he he didn't want to tell anybody. Right. right. Buried it. It is what it, it, which made it worse. Right. And he didn't want to like let his family down, I guess. Carried so the, the burden of all so that bullshit. You don't want to let your stress. family down. What you do is you just kill all of them. Um, so he, he so he did a mess. So he spent days at the train. He go to pretend he was going to work. Tells me he was going to work. He go to the train station and read the, the newspaper. Uh, and he would see he was secretly stealing money from his mom. He was skimming her bank accounts uh, to pay the bills and the mortgage. It seemed like he was still working. Okay. Uh, he refused to go on welfare. Obviously, he was a prideful man. Um, as it would entail increasing embarrassment to the community and violate the principles of self-sufficiency that he learned at his father's knee. Different time, guys. Yeah, seriously. Um, we don't learn those values anymore, but and that's, try, a, that's a good to. and bad thing. Try to instill them, but... Um, it's hard to believe the solution he arrived to would have been more acceptable to his father, but um, John Liss would later say it seemed like to him the only option, the murder of his mother, wife, and children. <laughs> that seems like a crazy option to me. I don't I know. this is like the only option. He just went to like Vegas. He and, like, said he bombed. said that like he said that like he was he was trying to get them into heaven. That's how he would get them into heaven. And, that and was they, the would, they wouldn't be shamed because they lost their money and they lost they were losing their house. Jesus Christ. What a fucking loony, man. What a tightly wound era this was. I'm not Damn. saying everybody was like this, but this is what that era kind of like produced, I guess. Uh one day in late nineteen seventy one, John List shot and killed his wife, Helen, his sixteen year old daughter, Patricia, his fifteen year old son. John and his 13-year-old son Frederick and his mother Alma age 85. The only one I'm okay with is the 85-year-old. He was going to go anyway. Um, <laughs> they were shot methodically one by one. Helen was first. Uh, Liz saw the children off the school and then, sh- then shot her in the kitchen as she sipped the- her customary morning coffee. Evil. Then he went up to the dude, third floor. Dude, that's so wrong. 
Right. Like, if you're going to kill me, don't kill me when I'm drinking coffee. Right. What the fuck? Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're taking taking me out of some kind of misery because it's the morning. Like, thank God. No, I'm but, dead, like, I enjoy I enjoy drinking my coffee in the morning. <laughs> like, you're going to kill me then? What the fuck, man? What an evil well, asshole. Well, that's true. It's the only satisfaction you get in the morning. Um, then he went up to the third floor and murdered his mother in bed. Ugh. Um, he killed Patricia, her da- his daughter, when she returned home from school. That's nice. Then the youngest son, Frederick, he made himself a sandwich at this point, which is crazy. And not that it really matters, but I love to know what kind of sandwich that was. Uh, he closed out his I want to bank- say, okay, so he's a weird dude, right? Yeah. It was probably something Gabagool. like- Gabagool. No, no. It was probably- it's Jersey. No. No. He's not Italian. List is not Italian. No. What is that, Dutch? He probably made liverwurst. Ew, I would picture him as a liverwurst guy. Right? Yes, totally. <laughs> like, I totally American believe. cheese and liverwurst with yes! mustard. Oh, my God. 100%. You're like the sandwich whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally picture I that's his you sandwich. That's what he ate on rye bread. Oh, my God. I totally believe that. Totally made it. Liverwurst brown and mustard, cheese. Brown mustard. Brown oh. mustard. American cheese, liverwurst, and on rye bread. Now, anytime I go Legit. back and I hear about this this motherfucker ever again, I'm going to think of your sandwich that you that's described. That's the sandwich, though. For real. Like, that's what it is. Because if you think about the time frame, right? And, mm-hmm. like, what people ate then. Like, I know this because Fred was a big liverwurst fan. Ugh, and God. I think List, I want to say List is, like, German, Germanic, something like that. Like, a Germany kind of name. Well, I like, guess because Germans love okay, lists. Okay, wait, wait, no, wait. <laughs> you go in the list? <laughs> no, listen. Step into the shower. That's not what I was thinking of. <laughs> His mother's name is Alma. That's a German name, I believe. It is. So I think he was like German. Or wait, wait. Her mother's name was On My List. On <laughs> <laughs> <All> My List? <laughs> Amazing. But anyway, so I, I'm, I, like, you know, that's like a, that's a German thing. Liverwurst is a German thing. So I, I kind of really picture a liverwurst thing. Like, and they, people ate that way back then. Like, we don't eat that now. No one no. eats that now. They, what was their obsession with Jello too? They would like gelatin everything. Ugh, aspic. Ugh. It's oh, making God. a comeback too. I'm not making oh, Jello. God. I'm not making Jello meat. Like, fuck you guys. Who's, I'm not doing that shit. Who's bringing that back? Send John Listler. <laughs> um. Nazis. That's who's bringing it back. <laughs> now this is the most creepy murder that he did. So after he made a sandwich, goes out his bank accounts, as I said. And cheered for his, and I'm sorry, and went to go pick up his only son, John, at his high school soccer game. Uh, he went and watched the soccer game, gave him a ride home, and then as soon as they got home, he shot him in the chest. What the fuck? Thanks, it's, Dad. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's like horrible. great. G- good game, boom. Yeah, exactly. No, you didn't really get like- that goal, boom. <laughs> right. Fuck. <laughs> Pay something better than soccer, boom. You're no Pele. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> John List like, laid the bodies of his family members on top of sleeping bags in the ballroom. That's creepy. We have a picture of that that's flashing up yeah. there. And if you guys saw the preview earlier, there's pictures of it too. In there. Yes. Uh, then composed a note to his pastor. This is why you can tell he's fucked up. That he, f- uh, yeah. he felt would understand. Yeah. No. You, you didn't, dear, have, you didn't have sex with a young boy, dude. You killed your family. Dear, dear Pastor Mike. Please understand, I just murdered my whole family and ate a liverwurst sandwich and mustard. <laughs> and cheese. Sincerely, John List. American cheese. <laughs> On rye bread. On rye bread. <laughs> they probably cut it in half. No, he um, totally cut it in half, but yes. diagonal. Yes, and it was probably like perfectly like, cut in half. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and like that sandwich, he had to make sure he wiped all the crumbs off the sandwich. Yes. Off his plate because ah. like he's a freak. Such an asshole. <laughs> he had fe- milk with it, too. I bet he had milk. Yeah, he's just like a milk drinker, right? <laughs> right? Liver worse than milk? I've murdered people, too. Uh, he feared his family, confronted with a world full of evil and poverty, would turn from God. This is the only way to ensure their safe arrival in heaven. Wow. 
Um, he yeah. was not, however, willing to suffer the earthly consequences of his actions. Of course not. He's no. Insane. He's insane. In an effort to baffle the police, which fucking, isn't which is not hard in, off. in New Jersey, he cleared the crime scenes and used scissors to remove the image from every photo in the mansion. You can tell this was a long time ago. Scissors. He, he didn't have a Facebook. Scissors. Um, <laughs> ever John, imagine John's Facebook. <laughs> yes. Fans of Liverwurst. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call us. My family's not home anymore. <laughs> Warm murdered milk. Uh, um, ew. <laughs> he canceled all deliveries and contacted his children's schools. He wrote this kid's schools a letter saying they're going on vacation so they wouldn't. What the yeah. actual fuck, dude? Uh, so they wouldn't, um, you know, think that there was anything wrong if they dude, weren't there. Dude, what? And is... then before. This guy's unhinged. He is. Before he left the house with all the bodies in the house, he turned on the lights and the radio, leaving religious hymns playing in the ew, house. Ew, that's fucking empty creepy. Rooms. That's creepy. Ew! Ew! Those poor cops that found that shit, dude. And he also slept in the in the, ew, in no. the mansion why? where his family why? was why? dead. Why? And then walked out the door the next morning. What oh, is wow. wrong with this guy? And he wasn't Total seen again. Worst. Yes, he wasn't seen again for eighteen years. Well, because um, he what fled to Florida or some shit, he right? Went, yeah, went to a different state. I'll find. I changed this on name. my notes here somewhere. Hold on, I have it. Yeah, I mean, uh, a month passed before neighbors curious about the constantly burning lights and empty windows began to suspect something was wrong at the List Mansion. When authorities entered the Westfield, New Jersey house on December 7th, 1971. Wow, that's almost bum, 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 to the date here. Not, yeah. They heard organ music piped through the intercom system. Oh. They also found the five-page yeah. note from John Lewis explaining they probably that the smelled, bloodied bodies. They probably smelled it first. That's probably yeah. the reality of it. Fantastic. A horse crotch. Blech. On the ballroom floor where his family members killed out of mercy, he had saved the souls of the people he loved. The FBI found his car parked at Kennedy International Airport in New York City, but they never found him. He fled to the Colorado, trail by went the way. Cold. Colorado. Colorado. Not Florida. Okay. I don't know. I just think all weirdos go to Florida. So it's very clever how they found this, this fucking dude. So um, this was like, so 18 years later, fast forward. Right, 89. Yes. Uh, yeah. an, an expert forensic artist named Frank Bender, great name, mm. uh, create, created a physical bust of John List as Bender imagined he might have aged. This is before the internet, people. Bender gave him a hawk nose, grizzled eyebrows, and horn rim glasses. What's with horn rim glasses and fucking people that what kill people? What is with glasses and people that kill people? I, I, I don't know what that is. They um, gotta wear contacts now. Shit. Yeah, right? They oh. gotta fucking see. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. You have to fucking see. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> Fucks with your brain. Fucking nerds. They're killing everybody. <laughs> Damn uh, nerds. Psychologists theorize that List would wear the same spectacles he wore as a younger man to remind him of more successful days. Oh my god! I heard they were nerd glasses. Let me remind go. me of more successful days. Let me go. Let me go to Pearl Vision and get the get the fancy looking glasses. Back when I was a millionaire and I worked, I lived in a mansion before I killed my family. The only glasses I like are the ones with the horn and the must, those and the mustache. I like those. Those are cool. Uh, <laughs> it was a masterful deception of John List. A masterful deception. Uh, when America's Most Wanted aired, the story of John List murders on May 21st, 1989, an audience of 22 million saw Frank Bender's sculpture. Tips came pouring in. They caught John List. Yeah, neighbor, caught John a neighbor caught, uh, called in. Yes, a neighbor called in. That's the fucking dude. <laughs> That's that nerd that lives down the street. <laughs> That's that liverwurst-eating fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, this is what he looks like. May smell like liverwurst. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Jesus. Um... <laughs> Maybe they seen smell in, like liverwurst. Maybe seen in the liverwurst section of the supermarket. Probably had like liverwurst Beware. cologne. <laughs> Let me dab some on here and murder my daughter, and now I'm off. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Watch out. Watch the meat section. Look for guy buying liverwurst with armor glasses. That's the guy. Look at him. Look at his eyebrows. That's something like religious guys would say if they were like on a date making out with a girl. I'd be like, watch the meat section. No. <laughs> Well, he was married too. He like got he like changed, he got remarried, changed his name, all sorts of chick. fucking shit. Yeah, and he got remarried. Um, and look, John List died in prison. Thank God, in 2008 at age 82, um, which is it's too that's too good for him. He should have been like he should have died viciously, got yeah. in a chair well, or yeah. like stabbed in prison like Dahmer. Um, you know, it kind of sucks that he just went peacefully in jail. Yeah. Um, and I watched his interview. This interview is on YouTube. If anybody wants to check it out, the John List uh, interview. They interviewed him on, on TV. And uh, the, the way he talks is creepy. Like, he still doesn't remorse or think what he did was bad. He still thinks what he did was righteous. What Weirdo. A piece of shit. He's dead. He's <clears throat> dead. Thank it's God okay. he's dead. So, I we did that story first just to build up, uh, you know, the story of Westfield, New Jersey. And what originally happened there to kind of, I, I think, turn this town into yeah, there's what it is. Yeah, some weird shit. Like, some weird shit going on in this town. Weird shit in that town, man. So, we're going to get into uh, our next story here. It's Chapter 2, Dearest New Neighbor. Yo, all right. So, um, so on on one night on June 2014, Derek Brodus had just Brodus had just finished an evening of painting at his new home in Westfield, New Jersey, when he went outside to check the mail. Derek and his wife, Maria, had closed on the six-bedroom house. Jesus. Not as good as John List. He had a 13-bedroom house. Yeah, John List way With better. a Tiffany skylight. They obviously didn't eat liverwurst. <laughs> At 657 Boulevard, three days earlier, and were doing some renovations before they moved in, so there wasn't much in the house except for a few... Sorry. <laughs> a few bills and, and a white card-shaped envelope. It was addressed in thick, clunky handwriting to the new owner and... The, the note inside said the following. You know what, Cassie? You have a sweet voice. Why don't you just read that letter for everybody sure. there? This is what the letter said in that. <clears throat> I have a sweet voice. Uh, yeah, okay. Yes. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Signed, The Watcher. Oh, okay. So that's kind of started it all off. And now for the Broduses, uh, buying this this 657 Boulevard was a fulfilled dream. Uh, Maria, his wife, Maria Brodus, was raised in Westfield. Uh, just a flu, actually a flu, a few, uh, blocks, a, down, a few right? blocks down. Uh, this is, house was a few blocks down from a childhood home. Uh, Derek grew up in working class in Maine, um, then moved his way up the ladder in an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with a salary large enough to afford this $1.3 million house. Jesus. Jesus. What um, year was this? Go ahead. What year was this again? Uh, this was 2014. So now it would probably be like a three point something yeah, million dollars. Yeah, about that. That's right. Uh, the Brodises had bought 657 Boulevard just after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday. 
And see, everything goes backwards when you turn 40, I swear to God. Um, and there are three... Everything turns terrible. <laughs> yes, it does. And their three kids were already debating which of the house's fireplaces Santa Claus would use. I remember when I used to... How many fucking fireplaces does this thing have? Uh, lots. I don't know. It doesn't say a number. Probably five. Uh, wait, there maybe How many three? bedrooms? Six, be six bedrooms. Six bedrooms. So, so maybe three. Three fireplaces. Um, but as Derek kept reading the letter from his new neighbor, and the more he thought about it, it the more concerned he got. The Arthur's renaissance had apparently already begun. Uh, the letter identified the Brodus' Honda minivan as well as the workers renovating the home. Earlier in the week, Derek and Maria had gone to the house and chatted with their new neighbors while their children, who were 5, 8, and 10, ran around the backyard with several kids from the neighborhood. Oh, so they were, like, young compared yeah. to, like, what they showed them on as, in the show. Yeah, and the TV show that on Netflix, they showed them as like, teenagers. It was after 10 p.m. and Derek Brodus was alone. He raced around the house, turning off the lights, and no one could see inside. He called the Westfield police, who are turds. An officer uh, yeah. came to the house, read the letter, and said, What the fuck <gasps> is this? He asked Derek if he had enemies and recommended moving a piece of construction equipment from the back porch in case the watcher tried to toss it through the window. Jesus. I guess this is where, I guess if you're a police officer, it's kind of like, how do you really respond to this? Because there's nobody to go after, right? You can't arrest anybody. I mean. Yeah, but why? Okay. Hold on. My brain is working right now. In a weird way. <laughs> okay. Why would the cops suggest and even think that this guy was going to get violent and throw something through a window? Unless they knew something. That's what I'm saying. Unless they knew something, which leads into one of my theories. Um, Derek rushed back to his wife and kids who were living at their old home. Now, this is very important. They were never lived in this house. No. They bought it and they were right. renovating so it, that, but they were never they ever lived So if you guys house. watched the show... That's that's they never lived there. They didn't live there. Like like in the show, they show them like they moved in, whatever. They never moved in. No. They didn't get to that point because they started getting letters and they were like, "Yeah, fuck this, we're not moving in there." Right, right, right. So, but but um, but then, so one night, Derek and Maria. So like, this is what I would do. I'd go to the previous owners and see if they got letters. So the previous owners were named John and Andrea Woods, um, and they're the ones who sold in the house. Yeah. Um, they asked anything about if they ever got any letters, um, and the Woods said, "Yeah, they did get a letter." But they kind of passed it off as like nonsense. They didn't really uh, say, "Oh, it was just a letter." You know, we did, they said it, thought it was kind of odd, but didn't didn't really like you know think it was anything to worry about. Right. So, um, so so they they made mention of a similar watcher's family observing the house over time. Um, Andrea <clears throat> received. Oh my god, I'm trying to get from my face. So anyway, they 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 kept talking to the detective in town, which is Detective Leonard Lugo. Um, and he said not to tell anybody about the letters. Why is that? Why? Including the right. neighbors, which Bad is weird. Bad press. Bad press. Right. Most of whom uh, they had never met. Um, the Brodus has spent the coming weeks in high alert. Derek canceled the work trip. Uh, and whenever Maria took the kids to their new house, she would yell their names if they wandered into a corner of the yard, which is actually important to the next letter. Right, right. Uh, when Derek gave a tour of the renovation to a couple on the block, he froze when the wife said, It'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood, which was going to be on one of the letters. Right. The Brodus's general contractor arrived on morning to find that a heavy sign he'd hammered into the front yard had been ripped out overnight. Well, that's not too crazy. Um, yeah, but that kind of points to the theory that it was somebody in the neighborhood like, true. that was mad about them true. living there. So you lean towards that. I, right. I agree. Two weeks after the letter arrived, Maria stopped by the house to look at some paint samples and check the mail. She recognized the thick black lettering on a card-shaped envelope and called the police. Let's go to letter two.
Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy. I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found out what is in the walls yet? In time they will. I'm pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. I notice one of your children using an easel. Is she the artist in the family? Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is very far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then, I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I passed by... So that was letter two. Um, <clears throat> there's a little bit more to that, but that's okay. Um, Sorry, guys. I thought that was the end. <laughs> um, so My this, fault. This time the Watcher had addressed Derek and Maria directly, misspelling their names as Mr. and Mrs. Braddis. Yeah. Um, had the Watcher... So this is probably what he heard their names are. So right. So he's believe. I don't think it's part of like any real estate company or even the, the Woods, you know, as far as that's concerned, because he, he, they would know their names. Um had the watcher been close enough to hear one of the Brodus' uh, contractors addressing them? Probably. Probably. Uh, the watcher boasted of having learned a lot about the family in the preceding weeks, especially about their children, which is the creepiest part. But here's the other thing. Isn't that public record who buys houses and stuff? Like, the internet was around. Couldn't they have, like, looked it up? Yes. Yeah, at that, that point, yes. That, no, that's 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 very true. So they'd be able to know their name. Maybe the guy's just, um, maybe he misspelled it on purpose. Maybe, or maybe he just couldn't spell. Maybe he misspelled it on purpose just to throw them off the tracks. Or maybe he just couldn't spell. You're right. Yeah. Um, The letter identified (laughs) the Brodus' three kids by birth, order, and by their nicknames. The ones Maria had been yelling. I am pleased to know know your names now and the the name of the young blood you have brought to me, it said. You certainly say their names often. The letter asked about one child in particular whom the writer had seen using an easel inside an enclosed porch. Is she the artist of the family? Now, that would have really creeped me out. That's yeah, that would have really fucking creepy. creeped me the fuck yeah. out, dude. Once it gets into but the that part means it. that it's somebody in the area. Like, I don't think it was somebody sitting outside their house. I think it was somebody, like, in the area. I think it was somebody if, in the if area, that, too. If it was somebody outside of the family. Yes, you know what I'm saying? that's true. Like, that's if it was somebody outside true. of the family, then it's somebody that was in the area. It wasn't some I rando agree. that was, like, driving by. No, no, no. He, he knows too many, too many details. Right. Who knows? Maybe it was one of the contractors, <laughs> or the cops. Yeah, that's a possibility too. So, uh, but the cops would probably know how to spell the last name, though. Derek and Maria. Well, they might have done that on purpose, like you said. Right. <clears throat> Derek and Maria stopped bringing their kids to the house. They were no longer sure when or if they would move in. Several weeks later, a third letter arrived. Letter three. Two. Six five seven Boulevard is missing you. The house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed the halls. 
The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard, when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, so did my father, but he kept watching it until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Built in, uh, um, so this house, I mean, like, so, like, what well, he said me- 110th year, right? Right. So it was so, 2014, so it was 1904. 1905, actually, Nin- the house okay. was built. This got me into the history of the house. So once I saw this letter, I got into the history. So okay. um, it was always the grandest home on the block. Right. right. Everybody said. Which um, is probably why she aspired to live there, because she lived in Westfield. Right. Would drive past it, see how, you know, how big it was. Well, she knew also. the house when she was a kid. Right, Maria. that's what I'm saying, when she was little. Right, and they, uh, they received the Woodses, the previous owners, received multiple offers uh, on the house um, that led the Brodises to initially suspect that the watcher might be somewhat upset over losing out on the house. Right, I think that often actually. Right, um, but the Woodses said one interested <laughs> buyer had backed out after a bad medical diagnosis, which is weird. Uh, while another, uh, yellow weird. Yeah, while another had already found a different home. Uh, in an email to the Brodises, Andrew Woods proposed another theory. She has a lot of theories. It's broad. Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird, too. With the mention of the contractor trucks and your children suggest that it was someone in the neighborhood. Right. Really? How'd you deduce that? Wow. Fucking genius. <laughs> Good um, job, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Put her on every case. Damn. Um, <laughs> Old case Andrea. What's her name? Cap- uh, Woods. Captain Andrea Obvious. Woods. Yeah. Captain Obvious. Detective. <laughs> uh, whoever scores the most points wins. <laughs> um, the letter did indicate proximity. They had been processed in, in uh, Kearney, New Jersey. The okay. U.S. Postal... Uh, services distribution center in northern New Jersey. The first was postmarked June 4th before the sale was public. Interesting. The mm. Woodses had never put up a for sale sign. Mm. And only a day after the contractors arrived, the renovations were mostly interior and people who lived nearby said they didn't notice an unusual uh, notice. They noticed they didn't notice an unusual commotion, even from the jackhammering in the basement. Would Derek and Maria walked uh, walk detective Lugo, this douche, <laughs> uh, around the house, they showed him the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house or right next door. Uh, very important. Yes. Uh, frustrated, the Brodises began their own investigation. Derek became especially obsessed. He set up webcams on Six Boulevard <laughs> and spent nights uh, crouched in the dark. Was he a Gemini? I, I don't know. He might have been. I think he sounds like one. Watching <laughs> to see if anyone was watching the house at close range. Maria thought I was crazy. He told me recently at a coffee shop in Manhattan, where which he covered the table with documents relating to the case, including copies of the letters, which he and his wife had shared with only a few friends and family members. He showed a map displaying what each of 657's neighbors had moved in. Jesus. Oh, my God. The He's la- a Gemini. La- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> he does research like you. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Langfords were the only ones there since the 60s, uh, which overlays make it impossible because the, the, the watcher mentioned the 60s, 60s being right. in the house. Yep. So. Langford's would, and they're also in earshot because they're next door, so they would know that the daughter was playing with the easel. Were they the guy, Were they the family that was portrayed in the show that were like the crazy brother and sister? Yes. Okay. Yes, they were the crazy brother and sister. Uh, the Brodises also turned to several experts. They employed a private investigator who stalked out the neighborhood and ran background checks on the Langfords, but didn't find anything noteworthy. Uh, Derek reached out to former FBI agent who served the inspiration for police starring in The Silence of the Lambs. Wow. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I read that too, and I was like, What? <laughs> I was like, really, Clarice? Like, this damn. guy I think spent more money in the investigation. Than the I think house. he did too. That's crazy. That guy, that guy he can't just has cheap. money to fucking burn, dude. I know this guy is nuts. That's um, no wonder why the house <laughs> needs to be sold. 
They also hired Robert Lenahan, another former FBI agent. Jesus. Damn. To conduct a threat assessment. I didn't know you could just hire FBI agents. Me neither. What's what's like, is there like a yellow pages for that? or <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> former FBI. Yeah, Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> I want a gay blowjob and an FBI agent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Craigslist. Uh, Lenahan recognized several old-fashioned ticks in the letters. Yes. That pointed to an older writer. Yep. The envelope was addressed M slash M. Yes. Which is, yes, which is an M, which is a old person like thing. Right. And the salutations also included the day's weather, warm and humid, mm-hmm. sunny and cool for a summer day. Yeah. And the sentences That's an that, old person thing. Right. The sentences right. that double spaces between them. The letters had a certain literary panache. I don't know what that is. Panache. Panache. <laughs> like like a um like a like an eloquence. Okay, so, uh I don't have any literary panache, obviously. So <laughs> panache. Um, was suggested of For Chile. Pa- Panache. <laughs> it must be Italian. <laughs> what, tr- what Indian trap used to be here? I don't know. The fucking Panaches. <laughs> and a surprising lack oh of profanity God. given the level of anger, which Lena Han thought meant a less macho writer. Interesting. Yay. Uh, uh, I have a theory about th- I have I have something to add to that yeah. shortly. Maybe he wondered the Watcher had seen The Watcher starring Keanu Reeves, the serial killer, who stalks a detective trying to catch him. Mm. Yes, I never saw that movie. Me neither. I wasn't a big Keanu fan was after that a, 1991. Like, made, went straight to DVD? Like, I think it may have. Because <laughs> I've never heard of it. Keanu Reeves made like point blank and just like his career went point blank mm. for a while. And he didn't get famous again until he made, uh, what's that? The Matrix. Killer? No, no, no. Well, The Matrix. Yes, John I'm Wick. sorry. John, the Matrix and then John Wick and then whatever. Now he's big again. Um but, okay, so uh, we're going to come back with our suspects. But before we do that, we're going to take a little uh, intermission, uh, take a little break. We'll be back in a couple minutes, and we're going to get into the suspects of this case and our theories and wrap it all up. All right, motherfuckers. Uh, we'll see you in a couple minutes. At 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, the stately 3,900-square-foot home boasting six bedrooms, four baths. February, shortly after the Broadduses started renting the house to tenants... A fourth and apparently even scarier letter has arrived. This according to a new brief filed in the lawsuit. The 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Why are you here? I will find out. What letters, Bill, frightened a young family, the broadest, is defiling suit after scrambling in fear from the dream home they'd only just bought. That home, 657 Boulevard, sits silent as do local officials such as Westfield. Now with a new threat from the stalker known as the Watcher, who's been haunting the owners of the New Jersey home, sent a new letter as well. Their lawyer says this one is more sinister than the others. Their dream home, but as soon as they bought it, they say they started receiving menacing letters like this. All of the windows and doors allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. And I watch and wait for the day the young blood will be mine again. After receiving the threat in an interview with New York Magazine last year, Derek comparing the ordeal to cancer, saying, we think about it every day. They wanted to get rid of the house because they knew it was going to be this burden. They knew they weren't going to move in. From there, the next thing they want more than anything is to know who did this.
right, welcome back, people. Thank you for hanging on. I take a piss, you wouldn't believe. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the suspects of this such case. Such panache you have. I have such literary panache. <laughs> <laughs> All about it. Panache. So we've I kind of mentioned <clears throat> the suspects as we go along here. I've actually thought of a couple new ones, but... Um, <clears throat> and Cassie... Well, Brian, I have a few. I do have, I have, have a few. few. So uh, one of the main ones that was mentioned was Michael Langford, who was the next-door neighbor. Yeah, um, the weirdo. At one point, Derek... Brodus was chatting with John Schmidt, who lived two doors down, when Schmidt told him about the Langfords who lived between them. Peggy Langford was in her 90s, and, and several of her adult children, losers, all in their 60s, lived with her. Ew. The family was a bit odd, really, uh, Schmidt said, by, but they were harmless. He described one of the youngest Langfords, Michael, who didn't work and had a beard like Ernest Hemingway and kind of a Boo Radley Boo character. Boo Radley, yeah, yeah. Um... Derek thought the case was solved because he's retarded. Uh, the Langford house was right next to the easel on the porch. The family had lived there since the 1960s when the watcher's father um, originally said that, you know, you were in the house in the 60s. Um, right. So the family patriarch, the Richard Langford, the family patriarch had died 12 years earlier. And the current watcher claimed to have been on the job for the better part of two decades. So everything leads to this guy. Um, this yeah. guy, Michael Langford. I mean, like, you know, he's a suspect. I'm not telling you a theory, but it's very logical that he would be the guy, actually. Uh, when the Brodises told Lugo about his family, he said he already knew, and a week after the first letter arrived, he brought Michael Langford to police headquarters for an interview. Michael denied knowing anything about the letters, but Brodus said Lugo told them that the narrative of what he said matched things mentioned in the letters. Um, and Lugo argued with him. He said, this isn't CSI, Westfield. When the wife is dead, it's the husband. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. So, but Michael Langford is definitely a suspect there. Yes. Uh, but the police really investigated him. If they really investigated him and, and like kind of deduced that he was not the guy, not 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 the watcher. Excuse me. Um, another suspect is a young male neighbor. Now they actually addressed this in the in the Netflix show too. Uh, but there was a young male neighbor on the block who, according to his girlfriend, played dark video games as a character called the Watcher. His girlfriend was seen stopped in front of 657 Boulevard at 11 p.m. one night, and the boyfriend twice agreed to come in for an interview with, with the, the detective, but never showed up. So that's kind of a weird right there. Um, you know, the next one is the Brodises themselves. Right. You know, this is a popular one, actually. Absolutely. Really um, popular. And and makes a lot of sense. I mean, we see orchestrating this whole thing because he spent $1.3 million and realized he made a mistake. And was the watcher just well because hoax. they were also saying too that these people were not like bil- they were not millionaires, like their previous house cost like three hundred thousand dollars or something like that. No, they were pure built of avenue. Then they and they moved into a one point three million dollar house from a three hundred thousand dollar house. Like right. how did why like what happened, you know like and in the show they like touch on, you know they they go into like oh well he was supposed to get a partnership and he didn't and he thought he was getting a partnership and that's why he bought the house. Right. I mean who knows if that's real. Who knows if that might be the situation? Like he thought he was going to make more money, and then he didn't end up making more money, and then, you know, and he felt it. almost as John Lewis felt, right? He's helpless, right? But instead of, mo- uh, instead murdering of killing his family, family he, he, he became the watcher, right? So that is a popular theory. Yeah, he did it as a hoax, and yeah. at one point he wanted to demolish the home, split the lot, and build two homes. Uh, Sixty-seven feet um, was the uh, was the legal uh, you know space you could have between homes. Yeah, and he was like sixty-six feet, and they didn't hide him or something. So didn't, like, uh, and didn't like um, another house was built, and it was like it, it was less than that, and they approved. They that. approved it, and yeah. di- and didn't he like write letters to other neighbors too at some and point? And he did, as you say, that letter four. They received a fourth letter. 
Seven Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it. Okay. So Which that... is funny because if you look at that letter, mm -hmm. it's totally the, not like the other letters at all. No. The writing style is totally different. It's right. more threatening. Um, he mentions certain things that the other letters mentioned, but like it's not as eloquent. Um, the other it's, ones were very long-winded. Right. You know, this was like a short little thing. It was direct and right. like threatening. Right. Um, and he actually, uh, uh, he actually admitted, admitted to that. that he wrote the letter. And he wrote it to like how many people? Uh, all the neighbors. All I, the neighbors, I, right? Yes. He admitted he wrote the letter. I, I, I don't know how many neighbors it was. Most of the neighbors he wrote it to. Just so like try to get them on their side or I don't even know, but. Like to not, <laughs> like try to like, oh, well, other people are getting letters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Kind of help his case because he was going nowhere. Right. Um. So him writing a letter kind of leads a little guilty verdict there, but um, there's other suspects I want to talk about. There was two. I tried to look the information up as far as the names are concerned. I couldn't find anything, but there were two child sex offenders who lived in the neighborhood. Okay. Which is weird. They're not in the top of my list, but I just want to mention that out there. Um, there was a backyard neighbor. This was showed in the show. Uh, showed in the show. Great job. I'm a, I'm a fucking literary panache. Um <laughs> A backyard neighbor who was seen sitting in a lawn chair facing the Broda's house, watching every day. Right. That's creepy right, right. there. Uh, the police, which is a popular theory, were the police covering up? The police not want them to live there? You know, was was it almost like, a, what did we say? It was like, um, not a wicker man. I guess it was kind of like a wicker man type thing, but like the were the neighborhood. Uh, the the hot, burbs. Hot fuzz. The burbs. Yeah. Hot fuzz, too. Like yeah. Like kind of like a weird... Uh, thing where they just didn't want these people there. Right. Um, and other interesting theory is one of Maria, she, Maria Brodus grew up there, was one of yeah. her ex-jealous boyfriends. Mm. You know, that's a, another possibility out there. That's well, they, 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 they touched on some in the show, too, and there actually was a couple, well, first of all, you know, it could be, it could be, now I know, like, there's no real evidence about this, but it could be a real the realtor that sold in the house thinking they could flip it and get more money. Well, that, they sold that's it. a theory in the show, too. Um, yeah. Right. And then there is an actual theory in the show that was real, mm. where there was a guy, a professor, in real life. His name is Robert Kaplow. I forget what his name was in the show. But he was he started this thing in like the in the 80s or whatever. So oh, to 90s, a house. Oh, to a house. That's real. Yeah. Like they, he started, I didn't know that was real. No, was it real? is. His name's Robert Kaplow. He was, he's a professor. And he started writing letters to the house, and his brother was actually a lawyer. Um, and they thought like, oh, well, you know, like his brother's a lawyer, like da, 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 like they're, you know, like they're involved. And his brother's like, there's no like anything to this. Like the guy was writing letters, nice letters. It wasn't like a like weird, creepy letters. That's interesting. So, That's but he was an actual real person, that guy. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was just made up. For <clears throat> oh. But I will tell you this and I'm going to blow your mind really quickly. When they, so recently <clears throat> they did DNA evidence. On the, on the letters recently while after the show aired or while the show was airing or whatever on Netflix mm -hmm. and discovered that the person that licked the envelopes mm -hmm. was a woman. Oh, that is very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Groundbreaking right there, Cassie. So it could have been that Peggy, what, whatever woman, like the, Lang- the mom, there. right? Yes. Like he could have been writing the Peggy letters, Langford. and she could have like helped him send them, or wow. you know, which kind of like kills the Brodus theory, unless Maria was doing it. Yes. Yeah. Unless Maria was doing, or they, or place. they were in on it. You know, like in. Maybe Maria. I mean, I'm going to get into theories in a, in, a minute, in a minute, so I don't want to get too far into this. But that's very, very interesting, Cassie. You brought up two great suspects right there. Um, so now that I'm getting all excited about it, we got to get into our theories. Um, and <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> before, before I jump ahead of myself here, so we're going to get into our theories. I want to start us off with letter five. They got a final fifth letter. Uh, letter five. Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his winch of a wife, Maria. You wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of those so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and you are too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hell the Watcher! Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. All right. See, that let- last letter, though, like, yeah. is totally different than any other fucking letter. I agree. So, was it him again? I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's like it's like the last one was the most violent. Like, it yeah, was very, violent. Like, yeah, I want you to dominate, kill your pet. I'm gonna poop <laughs> on you your mom. Yeah, crash into shit. No, it's 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 nuts. Yeah, that that last one's crazy. Um, so we get into our our, our theories here, and um, you know, like I my my ultimate theory um on this whole thing. Is um, you know the gamer thing? I I, I think is is very is very legitimate. I mean, th- this guy was playing violent video games. His name was the Watcher. His girlfriend was caught outside of the house, but I think maybe she was caught outside of the house um, after this whole thing hit the news. So then I was thinking, nah, she probably just went there because and, and a gamer is really lazy. You don't yeah, think he's gonna yeah, write a letter? Lazy. No, I, <laughs> no, they probably don't even. Need, I mean, like, dude, how many how many young kids? Okay, not even a gamer. How many young kids? How old was he? Like twenty. It's like twenty years old. They right. don't write letters. You know what a letter is? They, they don't. It's not typing or an email or texting. They would have like, been creepy emails if it was. He would have texted. Right. Right. Yes, I believe he would have texted. Right. Yeah. So and, and you know and a lot of it it is, is leads me to believe the Langford's, especially the female thing that that she, that you just said. Yeah. But my ultimate theory on this whole case is it was an inside job. I think Derek and Maria were both in on it. Mm. I think the, the what you said of licking leather was Maria. I think they bought this house. Maybe out of like a uh, like a, like an instinct, real quick, like oh, this is available. Look, this is a perfect house, and they bought it and realized what a mistake they made. Maybe they realized they weren't going to be able to afford it, and maybe in their crazy brains they thought we could do this whole scenario and get out of this whole deal. And I think they got so wrapped up in the whole thing, and I think that you can tell the letters get more and more desperate. So I think the more desperate they got and figured out that it wasn't going to work is where the letters really got crazy and off the rails. 
And there, this guy went to the news and said it was like cancer and all, all this stuff. But I really believe that this was an inside job. I don't think this was a neighborhood because think about it. Uh, a new family moved into this house in 2019. They never got a letter. Mm-hmm. They claim they never got a letter. Right. And they're not being... And the Brodus has never got a letter after they moved. Right, right. So I, I believe this was an inside job. And I tie it back into the whole John List thing uh, because he kind of went to the same craziness, but he killed his family instead of just trying to get out of a, a situation that they couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. And he did mention greed a bunch of times, too. Yes. So it was their own greed that got him in this situation. Yep. So I believe it was the Brodus's. I believe it was an inside job. That is my theory. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, and I don't believe there's... Uh, that's what I believe. So, Cassie, you're up. What do you I believe? actually believe what you believe. Okay. So, and I'm going to take it even further. So, here's the thing. So, I believe she knew the neighborhood. She knew the things that happened in that house. Mm-hmm. She knew, you know, that how old the house was. She knew how old the house was. She lived there. That's an mm-hmm. iconic house. She would know the history of the house. Right. She would know to, like, pinpoint certain dates, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how old How old was she? Uh, she was, uh, she was in the... 40s. So, okay, yeah. so in 2014, she was in her 40s, which would put her about six late 60s being born? Late 60s. Okay, yeah. so, so she references the 60s, right? The 60s, right. Okay. Um, she also, a female, well, put, okay, well, let me get to this first. She also might have known about the odes of the house letters because she lived in the neighborhood. Right. Like her whole life. So, like, she would know, like, oh, people would write letters to the house. Right. Right? So, like, she would think, oh, well, well, like, writing a letter isn't that weird because people used to do this all the time. Right. And maybe if, like, you know, we got caught or if something happened, we could pin it on this dude. Right? Like, implicate him. Um, because I know he wrote these letters to this house. A female, I think the first three letters or the first two letters were her. Mm-hmm. And the last two were him. I think so, too, because you can see a distinct difference yes, in the writing, like, as we mentioned. She would probably write them eloquently, like, oh, da 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 right. He probably was like, fuck this, like, I'm going to fucking kill you, point. and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm going to eat your children. I and kind of wonder what she went to college for, because if she went to college for English, then that pens the whole thing on her. Yes. But I totally believe that. You know, I went through all different kinds of theories on this, but that's where I'm, I'm always landing, is a total inside job on this. Um, and not only that, but they moved to a house down the street. After they, after they got out of this deal or they sold the house. Right. Uh, which leads me to believe that um, that they wanted to get out of this house to get into this other house that was cheaper. <laughs> I just think these people made a bad decision, approached it, weird, approached it really bad, and then they couldn't get out of it. And they just got more desperate and desperate and desperate. So right. it's weird that this uh, this. I mean, happened. there was this place called, um, there was this other neighborhood near Westfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the name of it. Creek, Crushkill or some, somewhere Crushkill. like that. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Um, where this happened, the same kind of thing happened, but it ended up being like a neighbor that was like pissed off that somebody moved into the neighborhood. Mm. So they, but they might have heard about that right. and been like, oh, this happened here. We can write these letters yeah. and people will Copy be like, cat. oh, you know, whatever. Copycat. Um, and one of the things that's funny to me is that uh, they, they compare this, this, uh, this whole situation to the movie The Burbs, the late 80s movie The Burbs. Um, where this weird family moves into a neighborhood and they do everything in their power to get him out of that house. Um, so it's very similar to the plot of the birds. Oh, yeah, but it's the opposite. But the Brodus is right. It's the opposite. Right. The Broduses are the Clopex. <laughs> when we watched it, they made it very Burbs-ish. Like the, they did. If you watch the show, the first like couple episodes were very like weird. Like, oh, they're the weird new weird neighbors that are coming in and we're like the normal people, you know, that live here and, and like, and, you know, it's it was very like, oh, this is the Burbs, but backwards. Right, right. So... 
so that that's it, folks. So we, I mean, we both have the same theory, yeah, uh, which I believe is the most popular theory, especially with situation. a woman woman's DNA on the envelope, right? You know, like I mean, it all just leads to it, that. It does, and mm-hmm. and like, you know, they knew that. I, I guarantee you, they're going to end up getting caught. Like, there's going to be something that that ends up some evidence that comes something. out. Something, or they like, if they have caught. DNA, how are they not going to get DNA on on these people? I like, think that'll eventually come out. Maybe you know? they're. Maybe they're holding off a little bit for the for the because the show came out or whatever. But uh, but I, I do but here's think the other thing though. Why would the show be released now? Be able to be released now, and not when this was all happening? Why all of a sudden would the the family allow them to make a show about this? Well, they probably got a nice little check. <laughs> well, yeah, but like you know, it's weird. It's like why would why would they allow? Like back in back when this was all going on, right? They didn't want anything to be talked about, but now all of a sudden it's okay. It's it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Out of anything, our theory is right. They're very they're very greedy, greedy. people, right? Yeah. So I feel bad for the kids, <laughs> but yeah. it is what it is. Your parents are scumbags. Um, Good job, parents. Nice job, you losers. Um, well, it is Westfield. <laughs> it is Westfield. Just saying. The wicked winds of Westfield. What they do to the fathers and, and parents there is nuts. So, folks, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, I've had a good time. We're yes. drinking some Lone Star beer, which is very good, the Texas beer. Um, but it's been a very good time. We're going to be back in January with a very interesting uh, topic and case that we're going to have. Uh, it's different from the last two cases. Totally that we different. Did. I mean, it's not really a case, right? It's kind of like. It's not a case. It's kind of a. Um, it's like a weird thing that happens. It's kind of a weird <laughs> thing that's going to blow your mind. Yeah. Because uh, it blew our mind when we first uh, saw it, and we're going to do more research on it. It's going to even blow our minds even more, probably in your minds as well. But. Uh, thank you for tuning in, folks. Uh, if you have any theories on this case or what you think, uh, please let us know. Message us. Uh, email us at drmorningstarinvestigations at gmail.com. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in, folks, and we'll see you next time. Mendez out. Sit beside